0: Welcome to The SpongeChunks episode number 58 for Monday, September 23rd, 2019. My name is Joel Duggan and joining me, as always, is my nearly vacationing friend, Johnny, aka Pixel
1: Riffs. Hello, sir. 24 more hours and I'll be in the air. In fact, we might actually be touching down around this time. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm off to Madrid for a few days, which is going to be very exciting. First time uh, really stepping out of the country for a while, for a few years now um I, I guess it's it's weird because i sometimes think of like trips back home to see my wife's family as basically like we're just going to see family it feels like it's kind of the same thing even though it's actually like a, a longer flight but this is the first time in a while that we've been able to get a holiday away to ourselves someplace new looking forward to it going to take a lot of photographs and uh make make sure i have a lot of architectural inspiration to bring back to minecraft at the end of it but uh, also just there to have fun
0: yeah absolutely uh speaking of travel if you'd like to hear a little bit more about travel plans uh maybe how uh, i'm keeping fit in all of the (laughs) sitting and stuff that has to happen uh we got into a little bit of uh gym cycling and travel conversations in the pre-show conversation and that is available on patreon.com slash the sponge chunks if you're so interested it's called the render distance check it out uh always a pleasure yeah why don't we jump in and talk about what we have been doing in Minecraft this week. I'm very curious for you, especially because you're preparing to go on a little bit of a vacation. So what have you been up to in the world of Minecraft?
1: Yeah, uh, so this week I have mainly been working on my new village, a trading hall in the survival guide world. I've been getting frustrated with pillager patrols because I've been moving villagers around a lot in situations where I want them to survive because these are going to be my perhaps permanent traders for at least the next little while. And patrols just seem to spawn everywhere i was driving two villagers off of a mountain i had them sort of in separate boats and i was trying to like row the boats down the mountain to get them back from the villager breeder to the place where i was building the trading hall and a pillager patrol spawned they must have just spawned like right in front of me like five blocks away and they all just stood there with their crossbows leveled at me not shooting yet Uh, But as soon as I attacked, they would probably start attacking me. I just got out of the boat, flew 128 blocks in the air, came back down. The villager was fine, thankfully. But they also ended up killing one of my cartographers. And it was the guy who traded me the globe banner for the first time in the series and that kind of thing. So I felt a sense of attachment to him. Pillager patrols just need to be better managed, I think. And it's something I really hope maybe gets changed in future because they can be prevented from spawning with player-placed light sources, but they used to have a mechanic where they wouldn't spawn within 200 blocks of a village. And a village would presumably now count as anything that has a villager, a workstation, and probably a bed, all of which were present in my trading hall. But that just isn't a spawning rule for pillagers anymore. I think since they made them less frequent and able to spawn in any biome, that no longer applies. The village rule no longer applies. So Hmm. yeah, pillagers have been up in my business this week and I've been a little bit annoyed with them.
0: It's funny that How- you mentioned that because two members of the Citadel, um, my friend Matcast and actually a Cosmic Dancer, who's one of our mods, uh, have been complaining on my Discord about the number of pillagers they'd have to deal with. There was a raid that was triggered in Dartmouth Meadows, the main vill- like main area in our server, which really yeah. shouldn't have a raid happening there. Uh, and then um, Cosmica, she's just been working around her area. She's been constantly posting photos and just like, these guys are back. This is, this is, the, this is the problem. <laughs> and it's uh, to the point where it's like she's pretty adept at dealing with them you know, because yeah. she has to deal with them so often. It's, it does seem like it's happening a lot. I've not noticed it, but I've been spending a lot of time in the nether. So I, it, I, would, not, I would not be experiencing it quite as much.
1: Yeah, you, you, you've got to keep a, a bucket of lava or a flint and steel handy in case you run into patrol captains. And that's the most frustrating thing, I think, is that there is one pillager in that group and it can usually switch between pillagers if they pick up another banner who you just can't kill if you're working with villagers. Like There is right. no way to deal with that guy conventionally. You have to maybe think outside the box a little bit. And it goes beyond the level of challenge for me and just becomes a frustration and that's where the if it's something that kind of puts me off playing the game instead of like you know it, it doesn't really generate a fun story or anything i just get annoyed with it that's the kind of thing i'm thinking maybe this is over it's due for a bit of revision i'm, I'm mm-hmm. over it at this point it's just like they're just an irritation
0: and with the new way that villages are designed and laid out with all the new blocks and all the new um I guess jigsaw mechanics that MoYang has going on which is encouraging players to go in and retrofit a village and deal with villagers and play with villagers and, and make a village your own uh, having this mechanic work in this way would just be super annoying because then you're always working with villagers
1: yeah yeah so so the, the stakes are always there at that point like it's not like oh it's okay I don't have any villagers around me at all I can just take out all of these guys drink a bucket of milk casually and and be fine no it doesn't it doesn't work that way and and i still we, we mentioned this in a, a previous episode but i really think that bad omen should have some sort of cooldown before it starts a raid so that if you're in a village at the time and you kill a patrol captain by mistake with a bow or a sword or whatever then you can at least have a couple of seconds to find a cow and drink a bucket of milk before the raid actually starts but right it's it's just kind of difficult to deal with insta-raid you know yeah, I I wish
0: those kind of effects would show the time remaining, next to them, or underneath yeah. them. Uh, I, th- I I think
1: I think the um the the ones that you can see on the inventory screen if you close the recipe book, the bad omen and hero of the village last for so long that there just isn't enough time to display it like it's mm. it, it only it, i think it lasts for more like 90 minutes and the timer can't display 90 minutes for some reason it can't display over a certain amount so it just shows up as like asterisks or something
0: right it probably can't it probably can't display more than 60 minutes you know yeah. like or, or yeah because i because i've seen it because it displays like three minutes and 57 seconds or something like that last time i looked at you know uh, um because the eight minutes um potions of swiftness or or fire resist stuff like that i would imagine once you get beyond 59 or 60 minutes then they that the way that the timer's built just doesn't work but i'm I'm, i mean i with with the bad omen aside even just regular effects i would prefer to have some sort of timer uh displayed on on the screen Online, like
1: the hud so that you don't yeah, have to go into your inventory to see it you mean yeah i'm
0: sure that's possible via data back it has to be because i've seen compasses and i've seen coordinates and i've seen all kinds of things crop up as like optional things that you can turn on and off with a data pack being able to put like little time code it's just it's probably just a matter of changing the location display of that clock like it's running it's running in the background you just can't see it
1: yeah yeah, it, it'd, it'd make sense, at least, and maybe there's still refinements to come to that system in future, who knows. Mm. Um, the other the other thing I've been doing because I'm going on holiday is I didn't have time to pre-record a full week of Survival Guide videos, so instead I decided to do something a bit different, and I'm, I've made a three-part series, kind of a mini-series, about Replay Mod, which is going up today, Wednesday, and Friday this week. So if you're interested in learning about Replay Mod, how to install it, how to use the interface and stuff, it's a little bit more advanced and technical than just casually playing minecraft but obviously if you've seen anybody making more cinematic kind of movie sequences and stuff that weren't necessarily rendered in external program stuff that you can actually make inside of minecraft it's a really really interesting mod very adaptable to producing all kinds of scenes and a lot of youtubers i've noticed have been integrating it more seamlessly into their stuff recently not just for time lapses but they've started to make it a little bit more like a TV show where you can see some stuff from their first-person perspective, but then the camera leaves them and you get to see somebody else's point of view as they come into the scene. And, you know, camera moves and stuff can happen like it's a multi-camera show or something. So it's, uh, yeah, definitely a good time to look into that kind of stuff if you're interested in seeing how the sausage is made.
0: Well, that's the beauty of Replay Mod too, is that you can program in camera moves and just have them be repeatable, right? Like that's, that's essentially part of the program, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you you can, you can save camera moves and replay them somewhere else. And yeah, there's, there's a a lot of versatility to it. Definitely. So very, very cool. It it reminds um, me
0: of um, the camera positioning and stuff I had to learn when I was in animation school with CG software, you know, having to position the camera to a certain place and being able to animate the camera and move it and that sort of thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and if, if anybody is familiar with editing stuff already, using keyframes to kind of automate certain things, effects kind of fading in and fading out, that kind of stuff, a lot of the stuff on Replay Mod is fairly similar. So if you're familiar at all with video editing, audio editing, or anything like that animation rigging that kind of stuff you'll probably have an easier time with it but uh, mm. yeah it's 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 been fun and it's been good to step out of the survival guide world for a bit and do something a bit different and once i come back from my holiday i'll be hopefully refreshed and have some more fun ideas how about you what's uh what's your minecraft week been filled with
0: well, we've been streaming an awful lot over on twitch.tv slash Joel Duggan uh, because of the September promotions and stuff like that. So a quick shout out to all the, the very cool people and new people that have been hanging out over there. Uh, had a, a number of really uh, fun conversations over the weekend, all of which was uh, while I was working on the fortress farm. But we've moved on from uh, the redstone stuff. Uh, there was one day I think I added in a the minecart loader for the blaze rods and when it's full it then carts them off to the soon-to-be super smelter Uh, but most of the time what i was doing was working on the aesthetics of the basement so the collection area has thus far been a large slabbed room (laughs) with boxes in it yeah and so now what i did because i had to dig down through the lava lake which is like eight or ten blocks deep um, i had these large glass facades with lava behind them and so to make this thing look like it's powered uh and look like it's got some purpose i created these pipes these tubes with uh, a whole lot of very creative stair placement to try and make these pipes look like they are kind of like you know mario world pipes sort of thing they're not Uh green they're gray but lava is now coming out of these pipes and dripping down into these large uh very much manufactured vats of orange glass and blast furnaces they look very industrial and then I uh saw this trick used a number of times on some of the let's plays that I followed and I wanted to try it myself and so I've buried campfires underneath the bottom of the lava vat and put a single paint a single um glass block above them and I didn't know this but I, I was speaking I believe it was Paranor in my chat and if you put a block immediately above a campfire the smoke particles do not get blocked. If you leave an air gap in between, some might escape, but it will block most of the particles. Uh, and of course, we all know that if you put a um, a hay bale underneath the campfire, it pushes things up a lot further. I didn't yeah. need the hay bales because that was too far. That was kind of like going to the roof of my entire complex. and I didn't need it that high. Um, so what I did was just one block below the, the floor of the lava, I buried three campfires in each one. So now the lava pool in the vat looks like it's steaming and at some points you can even see little like embers kind of come up yeah. from the animations um mm-hmm. so it looks really cool it has a it has the double noise has the double audio of like the bubbling lava noise plus the crackling campfire noise so it feels like something's happening and so then i've run imaginary cables they're just um glass tubes um from these uh lava vats into the walls of my um my farm. So it looks like the lava is coming in and heating up and then that energy is being siphoned off into the into the thing. I'm quite proud of it. It was actually something I didn't know what I was doing until I started streaming. It was just like I whatever, we're gonna I know I want to do pipes, but I've got no idea where it's going from there. What blocks we're gonna use, you know, what colors, how it's gonna look. Um the only snag that we ran into, and this is something I'm sure you probably feel as well there are a huge variety of gray stone blocks in minecraft they're all the same tone Mm -hmm. they're they're all the same mid even mid-light gray uh very very few blocks have any contrast and it's very frustrating like i wanted to have maybe the lip of the pipe or the base of the pipe or something have a different color Sorry, a different tone. I, there, gray was the the, the undis- undisputed winner of the color choice because we tried it with Netherbrick as well. and It didn't look good. Uh, but it, the problem is that like you just, it's all just the same gray. So you can use andesite and stone and cobble and whatever. You get a bunch of different textures, but it's all still the same color. And it was too light. I wanted it to look more evil. Like I wanted it to be more like gray concrete. And there's yeah. no stone in the game that is that medium dark.
1: You know, yeah, level. I was, I was gonna say the the only uh, things you have there really are grey concrete and uh, cyan terracotta, which exactly. I feel like people overuse when they want those colours because it's some of the only stuff you can get outside of maybe like cauldrons and anvils, but those are such specific shapes that it's not really gonna work out that
0: no, way. No, exactly, exactly. And that's the thing, like if iron and blocks were actually the color of iron like the other iron items in the game, like a cauldron, yeah. like like an anvil, then those would have been the go-to. But then I don't have stairs. And so I needed something that I could use stairs for because uh, of the shape I wanted to make, because of the scale. The tube itself, the hole in the tube is only two by two. So it's not, they're not overly large. I'm quite proud of them though. I think they came out really well. And so it was one of those things where like, you are feeling hamstrung by the limitations of Minecraft. And you're like, ah, this is really kind of silly. I'm looking like at an entire shulker box full of various different blocks. And they're all the same tone. And so um, at the end though, i did feel successful in that you know between myself and some tips from the chat and some back and forth and getting some opinions from people that we were able to come up with something that looks good but is also within the confines of the puzzle you're like you know minecraft presented you with some limitations and you've kind of like come out the other side going like well we were going to try this with magma but it didn't look good with magma blocks and so we tried uh terracotta but then i have to spawn proof the terracotta and Orange carpet does not match orange terracotta. It's too bright. Like it's just, there's all, we ran into all these like, this would be so much easier if, but then we had to rethink everything. Uh, mm-hmm. So ultimately the the wires that looked really good as orange terracotta um, are now orange glass. So they look more spacey. Like they, they just, they still read as wires. They still read as the same thing, but it looks more inventive. Um, and so cool. what I did was, yeah. So what I did, I put the magma blocks are at the ends. So when the glass tube goes into something, there's a magma block behind that. So it looks like kind of like a socket, you know, where yeah. things get plugged yeah, yeah, into, yeah. you know. So so yeah, I'm I'm quite happy with it. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I streamed a lot more than usual. Uh, I'm um, I have to tip my hat to people that stream full time because I was doing between three and four hours Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, Friday was an art stream actually. Um, and I was exhausted by the time yeah. the weekend was over. Like it was a lot of talking to people and a lot of like keeping up. And I mean, granted my Minecraft tre- streams are pretty chill, um, but it's it's one of those things that like I, for people that do that eight hours a day full time, like I understand they take breaks and stuff, but like still that yeah, that but- is a lot of, on time you know
1: it definitely requires a lot of stamina i think and that's something that you build up over time but when you're first getting into it like especially if you're someone who streams infrequently the rest of the time it's it's certainly a bit of a struggle it's why i have to pace myself and only get maybe like three streams done per week also because i don't have time because i'm working on other things but i i can't quite keep up with the pace of doing stuff full time which is why i don't
0: well, moving on to the news we've got a number of things to touch on this week uh, the first and foremost of course is going to be in the front of everyone's mind and that is the biome update uh minecraft came out with a small animated video asking players which biome should we update next three biomes up for vote on september 28th during minecon live are swamp mountains and badlands or as everybody else still calls it mesas uh <laughs> the the new video uh uh are are, sorry the videos are about to come out this week or leading up to uh minecon live and they will have the list of potential updates that these biomes will have uh so check out the at minecraft twitter account for those i'm sure that many members of your community across the board are going to be retweeting and sharing these around and, and talking about them when they happen so if you're at all in tune with minecraft you will not miss these videos i'm sure um, I, have a,
1: I have an idea that at least one of them is probably going to be out by the time we're done recording this podcast. So if you're listening likely, to this, yeah. if you're listening to this, go and check the Minecraft Twitter.
0: Yeah, because we've only got a week. There's only four or five days until uh, the um, the 28th. So five days, as a matter of fact. Uh, mm-hmm. And speaking of Minecon Live, one of the little tidbits from this article on Minecraft.net was some confirmation on the platform's to which you can tune into Minecon Live. Uh, Of course, Mixer was gonna be top of the list because uh, it's owned by Microsoft, but uh, Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, and Minecraft.net round out the other locations. So when you're looking to tune into Minecon Live, then you can also um, check out those locations. And I'm going to add one more to your list. Uh, unfortunately, uh, PixelRiffs is going to be away on vacation. Uh, unfortunately for us, not unfortunately for him. Um, but what that means for uh, the Spawn Chunks and uh, covering MineCon Live, uh, we are going to be doing a wrap-up show on Tuesday, the following Tuesday, because uh, Refs is going to be traveling. But I am going to be covering MineCon Live on the day. So you can tune in to twitch.tv slash Duggan. Uh, probably a little bit ahead of of the stream on September 28th, as we're probably going to have a little bit of a, a warm up, uh, but then we're going to be watching it uh, together and chatting about it in in the chat room. So check that out if you're looking for a more unique place to to watch the, uh, yeah, the mic online. I feel but ba-
1: I feel bad that I'm missing it this year because I had I had a lot of fun last year, kind of co streaming it with you, and I was planning on streaming it myself. I think I'd even said previously that I was going to do it, but then. This was just the most convenient time for me to take a holiday, so I thought, I guess I'll just have to catch up afterwards. So sorry for uh, yeah hoisting that in your direction as far as uh, hosting the, kind of the-, the live reactions and stuff. But uh, yeah, hopefully it all goes well, and I don't know if I'll be able to tune into the stream from my holiday, but uh, if I'm feeling idle on that Saturday, I might try and at least swing by the chat and give everybody a wave
0: we're going to talk about uh, the biome votes and what's coming and what we think about it a little bit more in the uh, main discussion of this week's episode so hang tight for that in the meantime minecraft snapshot 19w38a and b uh came out last week Uh, most of these are bug fixes uh horses and donkeys mules and boats sometimes disappear after dismounting and steerable ridden entity i.e boat pig horse teleports back to previous position for short moment on dismount uh, these bugs were listed as being fixed but I've seen a number of other creator videos where they are not fixed yet so intentions are there they will more than likely get fixed but currently they are not operating as advertised there's a number of other bug fixes it's mostly just a, a bug fix update so rather than getting too technical here uh, you can just pop on over to uh, minecraft.net and read the bugs for yourself to see if they uh, are Applicable to anything that you've been experiencing in the game. One thing I did want to note is that uh, Eximavoid had a video um, out and he was noticing some things that were not listed in the featured changes or or in the bug lists. Things like shulker boxes had an odd menu inventory look. It's almost like they had like a, a colored line or they weren't as high contrast as before um Mm -hmm. the block outline that you see when you're pointing your target cursor at a block and there's a little line that appears around the block seem to be darker and clearer in the snapshot when compared to the current version of the game um which is probably a good change because like i don't know about you but if you're ever counting stuff in the nether and you're trying to figure out what you know what block you're looking at it can be a little bit tricky so if that yeah. black outline is a little bolder a little bit easier to see uh then that might work well it might also be nice for people that have some visual imparity as well it's like might be yeah. uh, clearer for that kind of thing uh also uh Exumbovoid went into a few more notes explaining some of the new parameters for the nbt data that are over my head i bring this up because it was for me an excellent kind of layman's term explanation about what these are what they mean how they might be implemented moving forward
1: yeah, I think there's some stuff that affects loot tables differently now. There are different parameters you can apply to that stuff. But likewise, I'm not a map maker or somebody who fiddles with that stuff all that much. So, uh, yeah, definitely go check out Azuma's video if you want to get the skinny on what's going on there. Because I read the change log and I went, "Yep, none of that really makes any <laughs> sense to me." I mean, yeah. it, it it makes sense. I can understand that they are not talking nonsense. They are just talking a language I do not talk yet.
0: Yeah. No. And and I think th- this was a combination of like, here are some bug fixes that don't necessarily affect gameplay but just affect performance or they're just small things that are going to be fixed in the future and then the rest of it was all about people on the creator side the 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 minecraft marketplace like or or well not that's for bedrock but like the the map makers and the 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 um What's the block I'm looking for? The, not the code block. Command block. Like the command block users and all the different yeah. stuff that had like more admin admin side stuff uh, for folks yeah. that are doing some special behind the scenes things. But uh, Speaking
1: the last... of, uh, yeah, stuff that's happening in Bedrock though. Um, yeah. <laughs> this is a really cool one. Um, there is a character creator now being tested in the beta... Uh, of Minecraft Bedrock Edition, so that's Windows 10, Xbox, and so forth, Um, check the Minecraft.net article for how to get into the Minecraft betas if you want to sign up and test this, because you basically have to enable preview versions in whatever app you use to manage your Minecraft. So in the case of the Windows 10 edition, which I've been playing here and there, you do have to go into the Xbox app and tell it, yes, I want to be signed up for like experimental content and stuff like that and then you can enable and disable that whenever you're uh, interested in it or not um but there is a character creator now which um is is quite an interesting change because normally skins have either been something that you buy directly from the bedrock edition marketplace some of them come with the game for free some of them you have to spend mine coins the kind of you know store currency for and of course, you have been able to make skins yourself on the PC versions of the game. So I was able to export my skin from the Java Minecraft one and import that into um, my Bedrock account so I could have it for, for Windows 10. But this now has hundreds of features which are available for free and additional custom kind of accessories created by the Minecraft team which are available for purchase through Minecons. Everything is purely cosmetic, but you can personalize your Minecraft character like never before. This includes changing stuff like body size and shape. You can change limbs out for different things. I saw one person who had swapped their legs out to have a mermaid tail instead. Obviously it doesn't change the way you move around, but it certainly changes the look of the thing different animations and stuff as well, you can tweak the player's eyes, mouth, hairstyle, colors, facial hair, skin tones, all that kind of stuff. And when this is completed, it's also going to factor into Minecraft Earth's uh, characters on screen, because we weren't sure if you were going to be able to import your own skin into Minecraft Earth, it seems like this character creator might be a bridge towards doing that. Uh, obviously it's also going to be available on ios and nintendo switch right now i'm pretty sure it's only available to test on the microsoft sort of platforms uh, like windows 10 xbox and i believe android has this as well so if you're interested in seeing what the future of minecraft skin design might be then uh, give that a try there's a link to that in the show notes if you want to learn more on minecraft.net
0: are you interested in the, the character creator? Because, I mean, I know it was developed originally for Minecraft Earth, and they're just, they're having so much fun with it that they're now bringing it over into the Bedrock beta. And I think it's cool that you can change the body size and shape. Like, you mean, there's the examples that they show is like a, a, a tall, skinny girl character and a short, you know, small stature, orc-looking type character. And then the, you know, the, the, the dude that they have in there is just kind of like the average Minecraft size, but he's got very special hair and a watch and different sort of things um and there's also hats but yeah i don't i guess when you put on a helmet i'm hoping the hat stops displaying in and yeah it's, high, it's not know. like
1: glitching through like yeah. the hat layer sometimes does on, it, on java
0: and i don't know whether the mind the, the the um the armor models are going to change like if you if you're tall and skinny and you've got big armor you know, shoulder pads are your arms going to stick out in funny ways you <laughs> like, oh, yeah, you, or... you're
1: going to be wearing like a midriff shirt but it's a diamond chest plate kind of yeah thing. yeah yeah, yeah. Like
0: i just i'm not exactly sure how that's going to work the problem that i have as cool as it is to kind of like personalize uh the um the characters i don't do that thing as a content creator where i spin the camera around you know and have it look at yeah. me very much so you don't you don't tend to see yourself all that much no because I, well i find what. it cumbersome i don't find it an easy switch there's it's two button taps and there's always some editing that you have to do later so it just never seems to be um convenient for me um plus i don't, I don't that's just not usually how i roll um but the thing that always breaks the stuff for me is that these models look great i love the diversity i love the fact that i just think it's really cool like if you had a kid that happened to be like you know a war amp you know and had a missing leg that he or she could have their minecraft character also have a missing leg like that's yeah it's such a neat inclusive way um to to bring that immersive experience to minecraft and then i see them move and all kind of time and energy spent on making this character look good in the character creation screen is lost on me because they have no arms or no knees and no elbows. (laughs) And it just, I, I, the, the thing about Minecraft that I find so immersive for me is always the first person. Whenever I see third person stuff in Minecraft, I'm always reminded like, oh, right. Very little has gone into how the character actually moves. And so when I see other people, other players on the server, unless they're just standing still in front of me, it, uh, it always feels very strange for me.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like there's, there's something to be said for having, for a start, a way for them to monetize Minecraft Earth because we weren't entirely sure if there were going to be mm. microtransactions involved and I don't think you can buy resources in Minecraft Earth. At least they haven't mentioned that being part of it and they seem to have tried to be pretty transparent about this stuff up front. But having a character creator with a few things in it is potentially going to be what drives people to spend you know a little bit of spare change here and there Mm -hmm. i'm not sure quite what the conversion rate is for mine coins and how much this stuff is going to cost i think the main reason for having stuff like this is because on some versions of minecraft for bedrock edition you cannot use your custom skin in a public space because there is potential for inappropriate stuff and they get into trouble with the console games ratings boards for having the potential for somebody to upload a skin that looks like maybe they're not wearing any clothes or something right. like that mm-hmm. so adding in kind of you know stuff that's been vetted beforehand allowing you to customize your player character to the extent where it's not just you're buying a skin that everybody else might have there's something there's a, a an opportunity to add something a little bit more unique and add a personal touch to it then you're going to allow people to have that customization and feel a little bit more personal freedom with how they look in the game without worrying about having to worry about, like, yeah, getting into trouble with, you know, people mm-hmm. putting inappropriate skins out there. It's it's going to allow for a little bit more stuff like that. And this is also something else that some marketplace contributors people who've already designed maps and skin packs and stuff can also contribute too it's another way for the community to get involved with stuff like that and if moyang is uh yeah like vetting all of this stuff beforehand it allows for even more stuff to be added down the line it's an expansion of how people can look in game in bedrock and that's that's a good thing for me because previously it's been limited to just what skin packs they have available at any given time
0: Mm. yeah
1: that makes a lot of sense
0: I know that we both have a lot to say about the biome vote. Do you want to jump into chunk mail and then get into the main discussion?
1: Yes, let's do that. Let's do that. Uh, I will read the first one here. This one comes from Isaac T. Thanks for your email. And it says, Hey, Pix and Joel, I was listening to your newest episode, episode 56, and you mentioned being at a stage in the game where you just stand still and Minecraft happens around you. How do you guys feel about this? Does it still feel like a game if you just collect the resources automatically without lifting a finger? I personally try to avoid any automation in my survival worlds, especially on legacy console. There's such a small world you run out of things to do very quickly. Keep up the awesome work. Thanks, Isaac. Thanks for your email, Isaac. Um, for me, it's always been more about what you do with the resources afterwards, right? Like automation has always been a means to an end for me. Um, and there's only so much that can be automated in the first place. So having an iron farm means you don't have to go mining for iron but allows you to craft stuff like hoppers and cauldrons and things that you might need to get a redstone gadget together but you don't have to worry too much about digging the whole thing out of the ground first especially with the sheer amount of iron that you need to craft a ton of hoppers same with wood going into chests to make those hoppers and so forth so i feel like it's always about what you do with the supplies afterwards Um, And I think in a legacy console world, I get that you run out of things to do very quickly, but I would almost be more tempted to start farming resources automatically because then you unlock how infinite the world can be compared to you eventually, theoretically, on a legacy console world, which is only about 800 by 800 blocks, you could run out of iron in that world like if you mine every block out of the underground then there is no more iron for you to collect and if some of that gets thrown in lava or gets used for things that you can't uncraft it again then i expect you probably wouldn't run out of iron but you might get to the point where you potentially could and so that's where having stuff like iron farms comes in I'm, i'm zeroing in on iron farms as an example here but that's the one that makes sense to me
0: yeah for me it's it's more about not so much collecting all the resources without lifting a finger but collecting the resources that are a pain in the butt you yeah. know like uh redstone dust um I, I've got a witch farm so like I, it's it's tricky to get glowstone and some people don't like going into the nether so collecting glowstone in the nether is usually tricky treacherous anyway uh, so having a witch farm that just pumps out glowstone dust that you turn into turned into glowstone is fantastic you know like I I know specifically on one of my streams recently I was running out of stuff and I didn't know I didn't want to go all the way back to my main storage and so I went into my little swamp base and grabbed sticks for ladders grabbed redstone from the witch farm grabbed a bunch of other things that I had lying around uh, stone and things that are in chests now those weren't automatic they were automatically sorted but they were not automatically mined Uh, I had to mine all the stone myself. But things like uh, gunpowder and fuel for furnaces that I use a ton of, and I don't want to stop what I'm doing and go try to like farm blazes or farm coal or, or mine coal to try and fuel these things. It's so much better, I think, in my opinion, to have a farm where I can go and get stuff and then have that furnace array fueled for the foreseeable future. You know, like it doesn't last forever. You still have to go back and get more stuff, but it becomes easier like going and afking at something for 15 minutes and collecting a lot of resources to restock your stores is more fun for me than it would be to spend three hours going and collecting all the stuff by hand
1: yeah Uh, and i think the key question here is does it still feel like a game and the answer hmm. for me to that is of course yes because to me the game is building and i can't build automatically so No, exactly (laughs) That, that's, that's the key part of it to me, is that yes, if your goal was just to collect as many resources as possible, then it would be perfectly feasible to set up all of these farms and then just be like, well, time to log in for my shift, AFK there for eight hours, and be like, well, collected a whole bunch of stuff, now I'm going to log off again. That's mm. not how it works for me. I just want to be able to use those resources to build something cool, and it means I save time on the stuff that could potentially take a while, like mining, and it allows me to spend more time on the surface dreaming up new stuff to build and working on the aesthetics of my world and getting it looking the way I want it. Yeah, you also can't mine
0: automatically. And I say that with an asterisk because I know that the people on SciCraft have come up with some ridiculous contraptions that do technically mine automatically. And they may even collect the blocks. (laughs) Like there's there's some things like that. But if you're getting sand and you want to uh, keep that sand, like using TNT... Yes, you could use that to mine a, a big trough through the sand, but you're going to lose some of that sand with other TNT explosions. Like, you have to collect those blocks first. So there's still a, a, not a way to automate everything. And and with regards to mobs, there's some mobs that you can't get the thing that you want from them unless you're there to swing the sword. Things like um, wither skeletons, blazes, um, I feel like zombie pigmen... Give you more stuff when you actually hit them. Yeah, the the rare
1: the rare drops you get from player kills, like iron ingots from zombies, carrots and potatoes from zombies, gold ingots from the drowned and from zombie pigmen, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. There's there's no way of getting those without a player kill being involved.
0: Yeah, so there is a price to be paid for automating some stuff.
1: Definitely, definitely. Well, uh, yeah, it's it's always an interesting debate to have though. And for what it's worth, I don't like to AFK around my farms for too long anyway. Um, just out of a sense of paranoia. If I'm out in the open, even on a place like a mushroom island that would otherwise be kind of safe from mobs, you still have stuff like phantoms. And I, given my recent run-ins with pillagers, I'm scared to AFK around anything that involves villagers right now in case of patrol spawns where I don't want it and that all of my villagers get wiped out. So mm. I don't AFK much. And when I do, I try and stay as far off the ground as possible. So stuff like that doesn't happen.
0: I, l- I like the the farms that are built in a way that are like super efficient like my triple cave spider array on the citadel i can afk there for 15 minutes you know you go from level zero to level 25 or 30 uh you have to pop by the 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 computer once in a while to swing your sword while you're like doing dishes or making coffee but after that 15 minutes you've got like a double chest full of string you've got more spider eyes than you know what to do with and you're up to level 30 like i mean it's done i'm not there for hours but it's it's an efficient farm where i can just be there for a very short amount of time and get uh the things that i need for the future and i that's the kind of farming i like to not to mention building those contraptions takes a lot of time (laughs) so Mm -hmm. if you're worried about what to do in game uh, I find that a good part of that kind of is the game for me anyway. Uh, moving on to the next email from Surprise T regarding deobfuscation maps. Hi guys, on the topic of Mojang's deobfuscations mappings, the name of classes and functions in the code, they are actually less useful than one would think. Firstly, if Forge and Bucket slash Spigot would switch from their current mappings to Mojang's, it would break the compatibility of existing plugins and mods. And since Bucket, has had the same framework since 1.8 to the latest version the uh, a switch just won't happen there also the forge developer has pointed out something in uh, regards to legal issues using moyang's mapping in cont- sorry in a uh, community project and we've got a link for this in the show notes as well thanks again for for sending that in surprise tea uh, but the deobfuscation maps are not completely useless when the community reads the code to make their maps having moyang's maps will help to underscore understand the code faster have a nice day surprise i i have i have a hard time not shouting his name, or <laughs> yeah, her name at like the like end of this <laughs> having having surprise as a sign off
1: is quite fun I like that, yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah I agree I don't know much about modding or using games uh, to to make mods and what your ownership of those mods are however uh, I am sure that uh, the code base using Minecraft as either a mod or using Minecraft as a code base or as a platform for your own unique game I would think that the ownership regards to that are pretty slim. I doubt that Microsoft Microsoft and Mojang have allowed you to just like own and do whatever you want with the mod that you made in their sandbox. I'm assuming it's very, very limited.
1: That's the thing though. I think people have been making mods for this game since time immemorial and the minecraft team has always been quite supportive of that so it's at what point it walks the line between we're giving this stuff to people so that they can better understand things and a kind of wink wink nudge nudge like don't tell anybody but we're giving you this so that you can uh make some some cool mods kind of thing i i feel like it shows a lot of maturity in the modern community that they've taken the time to sit down and look at how the legality of this stuff is going to work so all credit to them um, the relevant part of the post that is linked in the in the show notes and is very worth checking out if you're interested in learning more about this, says, uh, in theory, this is a great asset to modding as it will help people understand the code. However, Mojang released these mappings as all rights reserved, which means we can't actually use them in any way. Um, once again, this is a world I know very little about, uh, but I'd assume it's still like a net benefit for people to gain a better understanding of the code, even if they're not using all of this information to code their own stuff, you know, just to take, as though Minecraft is now open source. This is not that. Um, But at least they can understand a little bit more about how the game is constructed and maybe take that away as a lesson for how to construct their own stuff. Yeah. I think that's th- that's what they're hoping to provide by this, if not necessarily like a free license to do whatever you want with Minecraft's code. It's a bit more like, hey, this is how we've put it together. Consider this approach in how you put your stuff together. And from what
0: I understand, again, with very limited knowledge of this kind of thing, uh, it sounds to me that uh, the modding platforms like, say, Forge, uh, what they're doing is they've had their own deobfuscation maps for a while. And so... When that is literally translated into the code, uh, they call a certain event by a certain name. It's not the name that Minecraft calls it. And yeah. what this suggestion is, is saying is like, do not change that line of code to call it precisely what Minecraft calls it. So you have to have a map of the map, essentially, is what, where, where I understand this. Because much like if you think about code, like writing an essay right you can't quote sources in your essay without citing those sources right you can absolutely do it you just have to have a bibliography that says i read this it was by this person and this is where i got this information it's not something i made up um and and i think this is the same sort of idea is that you have to say okay well yes this is a code for this event minecraft calls it a i have to call it x um but like you said the map of those reveals being made available by moyang means that it takes less time to figure out what x is and i think that's where it's a win for the modding community and i'm already seeing a uh, a lot of kind of mods that have updated in the last day or so because uh forge has updated and that has allowed a lot of mods to kind of catch up so you've got mods that have 14.4 functionality uh in them and and some really cool stuff happening so uh moving forward now that forge is is complete and and out there i'm i'm wondering whether one forge updates in the future sound like they're going to take less time we talked about this i think with optifine as well a long time ago when 113 made that big switch um with the way that the code works and uh, now that forge has caught up as well i'm wondering if more mods are going to come out that allows for simultaneous play with you could play vanilla 14 for Or you could play modded 14.4 and enjoy the same functionality available uh, without any sacrifice, but also have the modded things that you're looking for.
1: Yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting time. And it'll be interesting to see how that progresses when we get the next big update to Minecraft, which might not be 1.15 from what we understand, but 1.16 might be around the corner. Let's talk a little bit about what we know about Minecon, specifically the biome vote because that's going to be our, our main topic. We touched on it briefly in the news, but I thought it'd be good to break down our early thoughts on which biome should be updated ahead of actual information about the features that they plan to implement. Uh, because as we said, we don't know anything about that at the time of this recording, expecting at least one of them to be released, if not later today than over the next day or two. And I'm actually refreshing the Minecraft Twitter feed just in case we can catch it in today's <laughs> recording, but it doesn't look like we're going to. So as we mentioned earlier, the... Three biomes that they have announced to update are going to be swamp, mountains, or badlands. And I believe, like with last year's biome vote, the intention is that the features they announce will come to these biomes in the fullness of time, regardless of which one wins the vote. It's just the one that wins the vote is going to be updated first. We saw this with the previous biome vote, which had the tiger, savanna, and desert biomes. We've had the update to tiger, that was the one that added foxes, campfires, and sweet berries. We haven't seen either of the desert or savannah and I was partly surprised and partly not surprised that they didn't turn up in this year's biome vote because my theory was that if they put the desert and savannah up against a third biome that was going to be something new then the thing that was something new would win because people hadn't heard of it before and it still had that freshness and excitement. I'm still kind of disappointed that we haven't heard anything about when the Desert and Savannah updates are going to happen because now it feels like we're giving these three other biomes priority when we were kind of hoping for the first two to creep up on us before now. But I do see Moyang's logic in putting out three new biomes just so that there is something fresh and there isn't kind of an inherent bias towards something that's going to be new compared to the two we've already heard of. I
0: agree with the fact that the biome's up for vote. Are three distinct new biomes i really have had a hard time with and i want to asterisk this with like i understand it's a free game and it's a free update and you know like i'm 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 sounding very (laughs) expectant as a minecraft player but i do find it really frustrating when they say we need your help vote for what you want here are the amazing changes that we're proposing for these three biomes from a year ago we will implement the first or the most voted in first and the rest will come after. And very cleverly, they did not give us any timelines as to when after actually is. But now they're back again, asking for player input, asking for an exciting biome vote. And the problem is that when they say, don't worry, the other two biomes in these three will be updated eventually. Now we have an entire year of players that could say, yeah, but when? Uh, yeah. It's not exciting when you say, you've got this free thing. You're going to get it. And the person says, yay, when? And they say, no idea. Yeah. Just no no clue. No, and, and not anytime soon because it's been a year and they've not happened. Uh, I think... Part of the frustration is that in some of these biome updates, like the Savannah update, which I think you and I were both team Savannah last year.
1: Definitely. uh, Team ostrich, really, but Savannah Savannah peripherally.
0: It included a baobab tree, which Mm -hmm. without confirmation, kind of insinuated a new block, a new wood, a new wood type. Didn't get it. Yeah. And and so like they're teasing the kind of thing that the player base really wants. Like if you ask the player base, "Hey, do you guys want more blocks in the game?" No one is going to say no. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and so when they list these changes for the upcoming uh, Swamp Mountains and Badlands, I mm, I don't I don't know. I mean, I'm excited for changes. I'm excited for additions. It's all good. It's all moving forward. I just kind of feel like there's a lot of talk about what's happening and not a lot of throughput into actually putting it into the game i mean we got the taiga update we got the foxes and stuff but there's been zero mention of the desert and savannah changes since and they're the kind of thing that don't require a named update right like these are the kind of features that would just be fine in a point four point five sort of thing um so yeah, i'm I'm disappointed that it's taken so long and that the messaging has not been clear. Now, Lady Agnes did tweet uh, and say that uh, we've not forgotten about savannah and deserts. Um they're just not going to happen this year. So it's going to be a full eighteen months, you know, or more um from the announcement of the Savannah and desert potential changes uh, to those changes apps, you know, ever happening. If they're happening, they're not happening in two thousand and nineteen. And so that seems a little bit long, considering like, the things that they listed in those videos, which I love these videos, by the way, like they're so fun uh, and yeah, so well done. Yeah,
1: they've such a nice style to them. They're so oh, yeah. well animated and stuff. That's that's super cool. It, it's nice to see them stepping outside of the traditional 3D Minecraft aesthetic and giving us something pixel art based that it's, still feels yeah. like it's kind of canonical to Minecraft in that way.
0: Yeah, it makes me want to play a Minecraft platformer, you know, like <laughs> it totally does. Uh But like all that aside, like it just, it's, I'm worried that there's just, if they don't list the kind of things that you think, oh yeah, that would take a year to develop, um, then people are just kind of like, well, you've listed it. You've already obviously thought enough about it as to whether it's going to be executable. Like they can't announce any of these things in these videos about what the potential changes would be without being completely happy with doing those changes if they're voted for, right? Yeah. And so enough development has gone into, can we do it? How do we do it? Should we do it? here's the final list that it feels like there's not much left other than just adding it to the game. And I'm using just with a giant pair of air quotes. I understand Mm -hmm. that I'm not part of the team and I don't know how it, how it works, but from the player perspective, it does sort of feel like you're making all these announcements and yet we're seeing so little of it actually trickle into the game that it feels like, well, why do I want to get excited about this when I know it's not going to come for another 12 months?
1: Yeah, my, my concern is that now they've got another three biomes and another two that are going to have to wait. And then yep. presumably, maybe by next year's Minecon, they'll have another three biomes that they're talking about. And then two of those are going to have to wait. And so by that point, we've maybe got one of the other biomes that they talked about earlier, but but we've had to wait a couple of years at that stage and they've still got a backlog of stuff that they've promised to update but haven't yet. I just I want to take some of that burden off of them and be like no it's okay <laughs> like you can you can just say we're going to update this one and everyone goes yeah and we don't have to sit on the promise of six or eight or 10 yeah. potentially biomes that need an update that you've said we're going to do this this time and uh, the, ultimately the the only other thing that happens is they get recycled back into voting and then people say we've already made our opinions clear on this what's yeah. next mm-hmm. so who knows yep. anyway let, let's get off track from this and let's talk more about what the biomes could offer us right now because personally i'm on team mountain from mountains badlands and swamps i'm definitely firmly on team mountain declaring it right here as we did last year because i feel like the others the, mountain, the, the swamps and badlands already have enough reason to visit them. They have unique blocks and features, interesting structures, that kind of stuff. I feel like the only thing mountains have going for them, at least on the surface, is height and maybe llamas if you like llamas. But I feel like what we have in the badlands already is unique resources because they're the only place you can get red sand and terracotta. Red sand is also quite rare um terracottas that's pretty much the only place you can get it um and you need stuff like that in large quantities if you're building with it because it's very much a solid building block that you use for large walls and stuff like that people use cyan terracotta in a lot of creative ways as well so that's a good reason to visit a badlands already uh and and i'm coming from the perspective of we want these biomes to feel less neglected we want players to have a reason to travel to them frequently I feel like people already have that with Badlands. They've got dark oak abandoned mine shafts in them, which means spider spawners, which you can potentially turn into a farm, or alternatively, they're a really good place to mine for gold because gold generates at higher levels in the in the structure of the world than it normally does in other biomes. And the terracotta generation in the Mesa Plateaus uh, means that the terrain looks interesting to me already. So any kind of reform of the terrain there might potentially not be needed. In the meantime, you've got swamps, which already have witch huts, which means witch farms, which are some of the most useful farms in the game if you're a technical player. You get slime spawning on the surface, which is useful for early game if you can't find a slime chunk. You get easy to acquire plants which are rare or decorative, stuff like lily pads, blue orchids, vines. It's really difficult to find vines unless you've got a jungle or a swamp and swamps are more frequent than jungles so you're probably going to be finding vines there also the watercolor there is different which adds to the atmosphere i feel like swamps already have a lot going for them meanwhile you have the mountains which have a couple of rare resources in that they have stuff like emerald ore which you can't get anywhere else but considering how much people are trading with villagers and the fact that emerald ore is only really useful as a block to give you a few emeralds other than being an aesthetic block, doesn't really serve much for purpose. You have silverfish stone, which is just annoying. You have the fact that it snows above a certain height in mountains. You get maybe surface gravel deposits. If you can't find a whole heap of gravel everywhere else, then some mountain biomes have it. You have llamas. And that's kind of it as far as the stuff that happens uniquely in mountains there are no guaranteed generated structures the only thing that is really unique about mountains is their approach to generating the terrain it's where the the noise map that is used to generate minecraft terrain reaches its highest its most amplified in the default sense of the uh, of the minecraft world and so i feel like they are perhaps neglected in more ways than the other biomes are and could use something of an update. How do you feel? Are you on team mountain or are you on one of the other teams? I'm on team mountain
0: mostly because I feel like the terrain generation could use a lot of love. The the right. janky Minecraft kind of way that we'll say mountains, they look more like oddly shaped buildings, um, really breaks the immersion of the game for me. You can have some really cool stuff. I'm not saying you can't, uh, but a lot of times they don't look like mountains. They look more like Weird alien rock formations, and so uh-huh. I would love to have some slightly more, we'll say, Earth-like mountains. You know, things with peaks, snowy peaks. Yeah. You know,
1: you'd you'd like a bit more realism. Yeah. To be built into that stuff,
0: yeah. like you know, having the top part of a mountain generate with actual snow blocks. So rather than just stone with this little layer of snow on it at the top of it, it actually is like a white capped mountain having seen them in real life you know like i just i know what they look like uh that sort of thing is is really really cool um i feel feel like there's also an opportunity there Uh, i know that they have llamas but llamas aren't particularly useful um i think that having maybe something like an additional mob like you know a mountain goat Uh, or, you know, like a ram, that sort of a thing. And it could have a use, like maybe it attacks hostile mobs, like maybe having a ram at your base is like having a guard dog. Like, you know, who knows? I
1: would would love to have a goat to just headbutt creepers away from my builds. That'd be so good. (laughs) That'd be so fun, right? Very much enjoy that, yes.
0: And for hostile mobs, uh, sticking with the kind of current vernacular that the hostile mobs in Minecraft are usually made up monsters or, you know, more inventive things, having a yeti or an abominable snowman as a hostile mob would be pretty cool. Uh, I know in most animated current features, Yetis are usually friendly. Like they tend to have like a a, a friendly, gentle giant kind of vibe. But I I mean, I come from a Warcraft background where Yetis and Abominable Snowmen are just like rip your arms off kind of bad, (laughs) bad news. So having a large hostile mob, you know, the size of an iron golem or something would be very interesting to me. Uh, but most of it has to do with just mountains maybe adding in that missing dark gray stone that I've been wanting. Uh, yeah. You know, having yeah. a, new, a new kind of stone. I'm not sure what you would want to call it. Like uh, you'd have to, you know, I'm sure they would have to debate very deeply about what kind of new stone they'd want to add to the game. But having a new color or a new block uh, in that sense, I think would be something enough to push me in, in the mountain direction.
1: I can see them implementing something like volcanic mountains, which mm. would be super nice. Especially if, like you said, they came with a darker material like basalt or something. I'm not sure yeah. if that's... Igneous rock of some kind. I'm not sure if basalt is the right thing. But like, yeah, having... Or, or maybe like ash blocks or something like that, which I know have been in previous mods, especially NetherX and, and like some of the Nether expansion type mods. I'm pretty sure have stuff like that. But yeah, having having something to perhaps add some realism in amongst the current Minecraft terrain generation, and also having something that feels potentially new. If they're going to follow the previous formula that they've had in the the last three biomes that we voted on, there's probably going to be some kind of mob, some kind of plant, and potentially something that players can craft which is relevant to the area that's what we got with the um the tiger biome update we got a, uh we got foxes we got sweet berries we got a campfire and with savannas, it would have been termites baobab trees and ostriches we didn't know quite what function termites were going to have ostriches were presumably going to be some sort of ambient mob along a similar vein to polar bears and then like a baobab tree is Potentially another wood type, but alternatively another formation of acacia tree. So with mountains, I'm not certain what you could do to mountains in terms of adding additional stuff like trees. They already generate with spruce trees or occasionally oak trees, but they are fairly sparse. Um, You tend to conflate them with tiger biomes, really. They just kind of turn into like mountainous tiger biomes. Um, Yeah, as far as mobs go, maybe mountain goats could be fun. I don't know how you would make them productive if you didn't give them some kind of behavior like like you said having some kind of ramming ability or something they just kind of like they're hostile to basically anything they see Mm. um yeah there there is there is some potential there i feel like maybe they're not going to go so far as to overwrite the way terrain generation works unless it's to add some sort of generated structure like pillager watchtowers were for the one fourteen update so Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what they have planned. Looking forward to seeing what the announcements are over the next few days, the ones that I can catch. Um, So what would you add to Swamps and Badlands then, considering that we think they are both already quite feature-rich comparatively?
0: So Badlands, I have less. Um, I think that maybe, I mean, like you you said, it's, it's pretty cool as a biome as it is um yeah i think maybe greater variations in things like shrubs and grass like i mean i having traveled to uh, essentially mesas in utah the grass and 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 shrubbery there is very different from like what you know you'd see in in a in a sandy desert and so i think having some different shrubs or different grasses or different variations therein would be cool um more interesting terrain generation. Um, not that I think that badlands are uninteresting, but uh, the eroded badlands, which is a rare biome, are really cool, but they're so small and so infrequent that you just kind of wish there was a lot more of them. And having yeah. a large expanse or having uh, um, eroded badlands be larger bo- parts of of badlands biomes, I think would be would be cooler. I think it would kind of encourage more player um building and and um i guess playing in those areas as opposed to currently they just kind of get mined you know for their stuff
1: yes um yeah absolutely i think the the grass color also i think puts people off building there which is not something i would necessarily want changed but i certainly feel like people don't consider setting up a base around there because they want their base to be somewhere green and pleasant Mm. and the the mesa grass and leaves just look so brown and not even necessarily dead they're just a very dull muddy kind of color which you don't yeah. tend to get from like a plains or something like that
0: no and and i think if they did something to dress those up whether that's long grass you like it might be not a great color but if it's the only place that you can have like waist-high grass you know or like that, that kind of thing could be kind of a, a fun fun way to play um for me uh, the swamp is kind of like a on the, hot on the tails of mountains because uh one of the things that i find with swamps is that they're everywhere when you're not looking for one, you're standing in one. Uh, yeah. They just, they seem to be very, very common. And so while Badlands are, are so, so rare, it's like, well, if you put all this time and energy into an update for Badlands, well, I'm never going to see it. <laughs> like, it's like, yeah. we only have two on, on the Citadel server. So, you know, to, to get into something like a Swamp where I've lost count how many there are, uh, and they're also huge, um, I feel like, you know, a Swamp could potentially have more play and have these new features available to people easily, you know, at the start of either a new world or even just exploring a little bit farther in their existing. Um, Something that is glaringly missing from swamps is any sort of life. Uh, outside of slime spawning on the surface and witches and stuff like that, and hostile mobs at night, there's nothing around, and which is the exact opposite of how swamps are in real life. Yeah, there's an l- awful yeah. lot of things that live in a swamp, so having some sort of uh, water mob like an alligator or a frog or a dragonfly, can you imagine how cool it would be to have like a dragonfly akin to the new Minecraft bee you know the fantasy sized dragonfly goes by like a helicopter like that would be kind of fun you know <laughs> yeah i don't I, necessarily I, have to be able to do anything with it but still like just that, that would be that would add some life i think to the biome
1: it, it would i do wonder if dragonflies might be too close to bees in that respect and and maybe just adding something that yeah is, is, is a little bit too similar but then People have said that foxes are quite similar to wolves. Their behavior is very different, so maybe they could do something yeah. different in terms of behavior for dragonflies. I'm thinking and- if you're
0: going to be inventive, like having dragonfly be something that actually moves blocks. Like maybe it's one of those. It's a passive mob that will actually pick up things and move them. You know, I don't know for what reason or how that would work. But like is the idea of having a dragonfly that you could befriend and then use as some sort of like transport, you know, system. Yeah, uh, would be would be very very fun um similar to how people have turned foxes into like berry farmers like that kind of
1: thing is is kind
0: of interesting um yeah giving
1: giving mobs behaviors that can be used in clever ways by the player is kind of the Mm -hmm. is the key to it for me that's the thing that's going to get me interested in any kind of update and i think if you had alligators that could potentially like kill passive mobs like if they if they sort of lumber out of the water and kill a sheep or something like that then then maybe but then you have various other mobs that will already do that you've got a kind of food chain going on where ocelots will go after chickens and wolves will go after sheep and that Mm -hmm. kind of thing so adding an alligator into that i'm not certain quite what its place is frogs could be interesting if that potentially gave you an alternative to rabbits for finding material for jump boost potions and that Mm -hmm. kind of thing but that also once again relies on existing mechanics within the game rather than adding something new which Absolutely is something new, we've yeah. I, i've criticized mojang for in the past so i i don't want to immediately jump to like well here's what i would do with it and it'd be something that's already in the game but mm. yeah I, I i feel like i'm you know I, I'm, I'm just so interested in what they've got in mind that i'm not spending too much of my own effort coming up with something i think is a fun idea yeah i think i think having swamp life is definitely yeah it, it I, if that's That's sort of the thing that swamps are missing right now. Like you said, aside from the fact that they will spawn slimes at night and they will spawn every other kind of hostile mob at night, they don't really have anything that spawns there during the day except your standard passive mob variation. So Mm -hmm. we'll see.
0: Uh, In terms of like new blocks or our other passive mobs, we know that we've got a muddy pig coming in Minecraft Earth. Uh, There's already a number of data packs out there um, that add a a Muddy Pig variant to your existing uh, Minecraft world if you want to have one just wandering around on your farm. Just for aesthetic purposes. It adds no function. It's just kind of a fun textured thing. Um, But um, having a Muddy Pig be frequent in swamps. Having mud, because I've hiked through a number of swamps and I'm telling you right now, (laughs) there's there's a lot of water, but there's a lot of mud too. Boggy places typically. Yeah. yeah. And having, having mud uh would be cool um and especially if you could then do stuff with it you know you collect a i know a mud block is kind of an odd way to think about it but if you had a mud block that you could then blast in a furnace and turn it into something else Or if you could use it, you know, to craft with other things, to create something like mud would be used as like an adhesive or maybe it gives you a different brick color, you know, like having a a different color of bricks, you know, like a brown brick as opposed to a red brick. Uh, That could be fun for people that want to do more modern city building. Um, I feel like there's some potential there. I'd like to see the new biome updates to kind of wrap this up. I, I would like to see the new biome updates add new blocks, not just a new mob and a new item but actually have like a new block be added to the to the palette in the game
1: yeah and i think campfires have proven themselves quite versatile but they they aren't exactly like a full block but as an entity and as something that you can extinguish and light and use the particle effects for fun stuff i have to say they've been a really good addition regardless of what you think of foxes or the sweet berry bushes um, I've, I've had my, my share of time interacting with foxes. I'm enjoying the company of the foxes in my tavern, but I really think the campfire was the standout feature of the tiger update. So if we can get something that has the richness of feature and players can use creatively as they have the campfire, then hopefully we'll get something good and new and I'm looking forward to finding out what that is. Uh, I will have to wait a little bit longer than everybody else to find out what that is because I'm not back until next Monday, but uh, we will see. We'll see what happens. Alright, that's uh, it's probably going to be it though. If that's our discussion for the week, then that's also going to wrap up this episode of The Spawn Chunks. You can find some more information about the show and links to some of the things we've talked about today at thespawnchunks.com. The music for the show is composed by me and The Spawn Chunks is proud to be a listener-supported podcast. If you get some value out of listening to the show, why not consider putting some value back in? You can visit patreon.com slash chunks to join our community. Where pledging at any level. will get you an invite to our patrons-only Discord chat to get us closer to our next milestone goals and you can join our community which is currently at 114 patrons special thanks go to our content engineers Cameron Sigelski, JD Williamson Llamas and Yitz for supporting this episode
0: sharing the podcast with your friends is the easiest way to support the show you can find us at the spun chunks on Twitter and Instagram but personal recommendations are by far the best way to share the podcast with friends server mates and other places that you talk about minecraft just poke a friend in the arm and say hey this is a really cool podcast you should listen to it and then discuss at your leisure you can contact the show at the at gmail.com subscribe on itunes android stitcher and spotify we're also on youtube if that's where you hang your podcast hat and the rss feed is linked on the patron only rss feed is on the patreon page which is where you can listen to the render distance the extended version of this podcast
1: my name is Johnny, but online I go by Pixelriffs, and you can make, uh, you can find most of what I do at youtube.com slash where I attempt to make sense of this crazy and wonderful game in a series called The Minecraft Survival Guide. I stream three days a week on Twitch, doing behind-the-scenes work for Survival Guide, but I'm going to be taking a bit of a break from that while I'm on holiday for this week. I'll be back again the week after to uh, kick off October with a few streams. I'm also the voice for the unofficial Hermitcraft recap, which you can find through a quick YouTube search, and aside from that, I'm at Pixelriffs on both Twitter and Instagram. Joel, where can people find you online?
0: Everything that I am doing online, including my illustration and design portfolio is at joelduggan.com. If you're interested in hiring me, then just drop me a line there. Social media is great too, but usually an email is a better way to get my attention when you're with regards to professional stuff. You can follow The Citadel Cafe, a podcast I do about sci-fi and geeky entertainment. That's at thecitadelcafe.com. And of course, you can follow me on YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, and Instagram. It's all just my name, Joel Duggan. I'm very easy to find. I am, as per usual, going to point you towards Twitch, which this week on September 28th, at 12 p.m. Eastern, we will be talking and watching uh Minecraft Live. Uh sorry, Minecon Live. I just they change the name so often. Minecon live this coming Saturday. Hang out with us. Uh I can't have uh I don't have enough good things to say about the community that I have on Twitch. So if you're used to and or looking for a friendly community to watch the Minecon Live announcement with, then head on over to twitch.tv joel duggan We're a bunch of fun folks. See
1: you there. Thanks for visiting the Spawn Chunks. The world outside is infinite. Hashtag Team Mountain.